I regret to announce that someone in this class cheated on yesterday's exam. Everyone signed the honor code. Therefore, we have a rather bleak situation confronting us. Today is Saturday. Your next class is on Monday. If the cheater does not come forward, or is not identified by then, I will be forced to fail the entire section. Need I remind you what that means? Isn't that unfair, sir? I mean, only one of us cheated. We have all been dishonored by this person, and I will not tolerate it. How can you be sure that someone cheated, sir? I prefer to keep the evidence to myself for the time being. Can't you throw out the old test and give us another, sir? Yeah. yeah. And pretend that no one cheated? But someone did cheat. Whoever has done this has robbed you of your honor. If I ignore it, you will have robbed me of mine as well. I leave it in your hands, gentlemen. Hi, everybody. My name's Ed Hoffman. Welcome to the main event. I haven't got I haven't got this new music down for my for my my tempo yet. Hopefully I won't have to. Still chasing after Sony Records. You know I've been using that Sticks music as my uh, as my intro for nine years. Nine years ago I chased it down and I couldn't get anybody to tell me who licenses that music. Now I have to, or else the new sheriff in town's gonna get me. So. Uh, as long as as long as you hear this music on my intro, you can know we didn't we haven't found them yet. But we're it's embarrassing that <clears throat> we have to do this. So anyway, hey, welcome to the main event, everybody. Hey, I opened up with that clip from uh, the movie School Ties from about I don't know twenty years ago. Brendan Fraser and uh, uh, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck and a bunch of a bunch of kids in there uh, going to school cheating on tests, I guess. And uh, you know, I use that. I use that because you know what? Uh, as we watch Donald Trump in the White House and watch him, he brought in his own people, but the whole staff at the White House was Obama's people, <clears throat> and apparently, some of them probably have some uh, <clears throat> some allegiance to him. And uh, there seems to be a leak. And I know, uh, you know, how would I handle that? Hey, you know what? If someone doesn't come forth and let us know who's leaking, everybody gets fired. And of course, I was uh, told today, you know, it's not as easy just to do that in a in the government. But you know, when you're the president, you just say it. Let the lawyers figure it out. Hey, so anyway, we're going to talk about everything that's going on going on this week. We're going to talk. A, we're going to talk a little bit about some financing stuff to give you guys some insight, <clears throat> which is unlike me. But uh, but just just for a little bit, just I'm going to try and give you some tidbits from week to week because it's. It's uh, the, the market's turned around a little bit. But first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, city with offices all over Southern California. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night. Toll free, Erie code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're stealing time from your boss at work, or you don't want anybody to know what your personal business is, or maybe you just, <clears throat> some people are just funny about having a two-way conversation because then I can ask questions. Well, what do you mean you have bad credit? What do you mean by that? Or, uh, or 
how's your credit? Oh, it's pretty good, I think. Oh, what do you mean by it's pretty good, I think? You know, sometimes people uh, don't, just don't want to have a two-way conversation until they get to know that I'm on their side. Uh, you can go to WCCLoans.com, WCCLoans.com, loans plural, and uh, we have all kinds of mortgage information on there. You can apply for a loan right away. Go to the Loan Center and click on Apply Now. If you'd like to email me first, click on the contact page, fill out the form, goes directly to me and my team. Um, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, go to edhoffman.net. I sure have a lot of websites here. I think we should could centralize all this stuff. Go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, listen to it on demand anytime. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundClouds or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe to it, have it automatically uh, automatically download to your, uh, your iPhone, your iPod, your Droid, your computer, whatever you listen to podcasts on. I'm still listening to, uh, I still have CDs, although my new car doesn't have a CD player in it. Um, or does it? It has a DVD player. It must have a CD player. I don't know. It has a bunch of plugs and stuff uh, that I don't know what exactly they do because I was too cool to go through a three-hour car delivery when I picked it up. Um, anyway, so, uh, but, uh, you know, go to go to those, listen to the podcast. Be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, some weeks more than others. And like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. I was mentioned I was going to talk about a little bit about uh, about real estate. It's the just to let you guys know, it seems to have become a a seller's market because of the inventory and because the interest rates have gone up and people are always asking, what do you think interest rates are going to do? And I think they're going to go up. And Janet Yellen showed us that that seems to be what her intention is. Over the next year, she's probably raised raised uh, the uh, the discount rate a couple times this year. And so you can expect interest rates probably to go up over the next year. And part of that is part of that is because we need to. And part of that is because our economy is going to get better. And if you watch the stock market, you can see pretty much everybody in the financial market thinks that Trump being president is good for our economy which means it's going to be good for jobs and it's going to be good for you guys at some point. Although it may not happen tomorrow, it will happen. Um, as a result, interest rates going up, interest rates going up, people are people are starting to panic. Oh, I better buy a house now. So they're starting to get to be uh, several offers on uh several offers on each on each house so you need to be a little bit more aggressive when you do that. The biggest thing I can tell you though is when you do when you make your offer the biggest thing that a lot of sellers care about is they want to know you can close fast. And that's one of the things that we do at Wholesale Capital is we close fast and we 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 that's been our reputation for years. We close fast and if we say that you're pre-qualified, you'll actually qualify. So if you need to to get in there, get in there. And uh, you know, one of the things I was talking to some of the guys at, at work, you know, that as the Dodd-Frank Act came out, they they made a good faith estimate, which was a one page spreadsheet into three pages that's supposed to be more understandable, but nobody looks at it. And as technology has gone through, people are e-signing everything. And it used to be where we'd have a borrower in front of us and say, here, here's what this, this stuff that you're signing is. This is your application, initial page one. Look over page two, initial it. Look over page three and sign at the bottom. Here's a disclosure, a fair lending notice. It says that California, you can't discriminate for race, creed, color, sex, religion, sexual orientation, blah, blah, blah. Here's the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. This is the federal version of the other one. Here's the thing that says you have a re you get, have the right to receive a cop of appraisal. Here's a whole, and we told people what they're signing. 
Now today everything gets e-signed. So we, hey, we send disclosures, click on it, click, 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 click all the way through. You don't read anything typically. And so you have no idea what you signed. As a result, it's very important that you that you deal with someone who's trustworthy and uh, and that you can talk to as opposed to some of this stuff online where you don't know where they are. You don't know where they are and you can't, you can't go over to their office if they lie to you. You can't call them on the carpet and uh, they don't feel any obligation to because uh, you'll never know what they look like or any of that stuff. So my, uh, my advice to you is A, ask questions, talk to somebody who will answer them and deal with somebody local that you can actually come into the office and see if you need to. You don't always need to, but if you do, if you do we're local here for you. So anyway, if you're interested in, in uh, if you're in the market for a house and you want to deal with somebody that you can uh, that you can trust and we'll close fast for you, call me 855-640-2020. Anyway, I'm going to start putting some uh, some tips in there. Next week Joey Jones, uh, we talked to Joey Jones last week. He was in the on the phone. He's in escrow on a house in Georgia and next week he's going to be live in our in our studio and we're going to talk a little bit about his uh home uh home purchase and where I kind of led him to something that saved him about $30,000 on his house in the negotiations that um you know people get all emotional about this stuff and they don't know what to do and they need someone that can talk some sense. Hey, well, here's what I would do. Here's what to expect. Here's, you know, keep in mind, don't, don't get all, don't get all emotionally out of control. So anyway, um, one, one last time next, next week, we're having our, our, uh, WCC charities gala, our charity event. Um, our RSVPs are already in to the Victoria club, but we put in a few extras. So if you're still interested in going, it's $125 a ticket. We're going to raise money for, uh, for, uh, injured vets, injured vets to help, uh, finish up, finish off a uh, smart home. That's being built by the Gary Sinise foundation. Joey Jones will be making an appearance. Uh, appearance by a couple other uh, uh, special guests. Uh, Nate Boyer, if you know who he is, uh, played football for uh, University of Texas, uh, Marine uh, Army Ra- Army Ranger, Army Green Beret, and uh, as well as uh, as well as we'll have a uh, um, artist, Greg Adamson, r- uh, painting doing a live live painting that we'll auction off, and uh, we'll have uh, some some other special guests that. Will be very interesting, and we'll raise some money for a for a great a uh, great cause to have dinner. It's a red tie event, meaning everybody wears red ties, red dresses, um, red standing for remembering everyone deployed. So uh, if you're interested, go to wccharities.org or call my number eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Talk to Shelly. We have a limited amount of seats left um, that we uh, reserved for last minute people like you. Come help us raise some money. Bring your wallets. Bring your open heart. We will uh, we will stir you. Let's talk about what's going on this week. And with me, as man, how long has it been since you've been in the in the in the studio with me, Scott? Seems like forever, Ed. All right, Scott McAfee, owner of Don's Bikes in Redlands and Rialto. Uh, it's been a uh, been uh, I don't know three or four weeks since we had him. I know he's jonesing jonesing to uh, <laughs> to get in here and help me with the radio show. And uh, quite frankly, it uh, makes it easier on me. So uh, let's talk about uh, talk about some of the stuff that's going on. I'll lead, and you can jump in anytime you want. Sure. So uh, Mike Flynn, uh, National Security Advisor, after lear- uh, stepped down this week after learning he misled the Trump administration. General Mike Flynn resigned. After Trump asked him to resign, um, here's a timeline of the events that led to his resignation. On December 29th, let's keep this in, in context. December 29th, who was who is the president? Obama. 
Three weeks before the inauguration, Flynn speaks with Sergei Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. From here on out, we'll refer to him as the Russian ambassador. It's easier to say. Um, he he uh, he he talked to Russian ambassador to the U.S. Uh, the conversation takes place the same day that outgoing President Obama imposes major sanctions against Russia and expels 35 Russian diplomats from the United States. We Everybody believes that Obama did this to punish Russia for hacking the Hillary Clinton and DNC emails. You know what? How come nobody blames Hillary Clinton for using a, a uh, unsecure server? I don't know. Flynn's conversation with the ambassador is recorded by the U.S. intelligence agencies. The next day, Russian President Vladimir Putin calls uh, Obama's actions regrettable. Okay, 12 days later, eh, 13 days later, 14 days later, the January 12th, the existence of protected phone call is leaked to the Washington Post writer David Ignatius. He writes in an article that says, Retired Lieutenant General Michael T. Flynn, Trump's choice for national security advisor, cultivates close Russian contacts. He has appeared on Russia Today and received a speaking fee from the cable network, which has been described as the Kremlin's principal international propaganda outlet. What did Flynn say and did it undercut the U.S. sanctions? The Logan Act, bars the U.S. Logan Act is a law from 1799. Let's see, that was 21, 20, that was uh, 17 years after uh, the United States became a country. United, the Logan Act bars U.S. citizens from correspondence intending to influence a foreign government about disputes with the United States. So, uh, hey, if you're not the president, secretary of state, don't talk to the foreign governments. January 15th, three days later, Vice President Pence tells CBS's uh, Face the Nation that Flynn's phone call with the Russian ambas- ambassador was ev- uneventful. Let's listen. They did not discuss anything having to do with uh, the United States decision to um, expel diplomats or, or uh, in- impose a censure against Russia. At least you got to hear Pence say exactly what I said he said. Obama's ta- uh, January 19th, two days later. Is that two days later? January 15th, four days later. January 19th, Obama's top intelligence deputies meet to talk about Flynn's phone calls with the ambassador. January 20th, Donald Trump is inaugurated as president. So let's see. January 19th, Obama's top intelligence deputies meet to talk about Flynn's phone calls with the ambassador. Hey, I'm only president till the end of the day, till noon tomorrow. What should we do about this? Um, the next day, Donald Trump's inaugurated as president. I will add the next day was a great day. And, uh, and we got to watch Obama take that, uh, that helicopter ride from behind the Capitol to, uh, whatever air force base that is. Andrews air force base. We ended up, he ended up going, obviously went to Palm Springs, but he ended up having to go to, was it, uh, March, March. Yeah, March air force base in your backyard, Ed. Yep. How cool is that? <laughs> uh, not cool. I'll, All right. be, I'll be dealing with that next week at the mm-hmm. gala when uh, when my friends from March Air Reserve Base are are there uh, representing. I'll say, hey, you guys let Obama land on our base? <clears throat> so uh, January 23rd, three days after the inauguration, acting Attorney General Sally Yates, a holdover from the Obama administration, was supposed to only be in the position until Jeff Sessions was confirmed, which typically would be, you know, the next couple of days after inauguration. That didn't happen. Um, so Sally Yates with her newfound power of I'm the acting attorney general, she steps up pressure on the FBI director Comey to investigate Flynn. A week later, Sally Yates steps down as acting attorney general. I don't, I don't think that's, I think she was fired as attorney general because she, uh, because she, um, what did she do with the, the, the ban? She, she did the, 
She she put an injunction against injunction the, against yes. the, the the travel ban. Correct, correct. I had a temporary loss of words there. No problem. That's why I'm here, Ed. I know. That's I hand off to you whenever <laughs> whenever I'm stuck. I got All the right. blockers ready to tackle me. I do a I do a lateral over to Scott. Nice. Okay, so nine days later, after that, ten days later, February 9th, nine unnamed officials tell the Washington Post that the protected classified wiretaps show that Flynn and the ambassador discussed Obama's sanctions. These officials say Flynn urged Russia not to overreact to Obama's sanctions and that he promised to revisit the matter after Trump was inaugurated. The officials tell the Post that either Flynn misled Pence or he misspoke. That means lied. Intelligence offers officers intercept communications and diplomatic cables, uncovering the evidence that Flynn and the ambassador continued communicating by phone and text after December 29th. And February 13th, Flynn resigns. I think he was asked to resign. I won't say he's fired. He was asked to resign. The next day, Valentine's Day, Tuesday, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, who I particularly like this guy, uh, he said this. We got to a point not based on a legal issue, but based on a trust issue, where the level of trust between the president and General Flynn had eroded to the point where he felt he had to make a change. The president was very concerned that General Flynn had misled the vice president and others. He was also very concerned in light of sensitive subjects dealt with by that position of national security advisors like China, North Korea, and the Middle East, that the president must have complete and unwavering trust for the person in that position. Scotty? Well, you know, look, um, it's funny because when this happened, I get a call from one of my left-wing buddies who's all, you know, salivating at, at the at the lips, uh, thinking that, okay, Trump's administration starting to fall apart. My first response to him was, I don't think it was all that big of a deal. You know, the fact that he made this call before he was even a member of of Trump's um, cabinet, like, who cares? You know, that was my first response. And as I understand it, Obama put him up to it. Well, that that could be true. I I don't know. Obviously, you and I, we don't know that detail. But it's look, this is obviously something that was was done illegally and it was done for the prime purpose of destroying some of Trump's new administration. I mean, that's obvious. That's pretty obvious. Exactly. And you know, he and you know, and if you think about it, if this was the Obama administration and somebody lied to somebody else, no, hey, he he told Pence that he didn't talk about anything. Pence went on TV and said, "There's, I can assure you, there was nothing discussed." And then it was proven that he he lied, made made Pence look bad. And uh, if you think about that, if that was the Obama administration, like I don't know, um, National Security Advisor, uh, what's her name? Uh, Nationals. Oh, you would have to hit me with that one. I don't know. The Benghazi lady. Uh, Susan Rice. Rice. There we go. Susan Rice. Yep. Susan Rice got promoted when she did that. She was the the Assistant Secretary of State. She was the UN's uh, representative, I thought, for a while. And I think she was Assistant Secretary of State, too. Okay. I don't know, but she went out. She's gone. She went out there and lied. And when everybody proved that she lied, she got promoted to to national security advisor. <laughs> so that's what happens when you align the Democrat side. You get a promotion, Ed. In uh in but in the Trump, now there's a new there's a new sheriff in town. When you lie, you get fired. And which I think is I think is great because he's setting a new precedent and maybe it creates a little chaos initially, but everybody else is going to find out, "Hey, tell the truth." It's so much easier when you tell the truth. It is. So now the question is, where did the leaks come from? Which is kind of what we 
talked about with our opening clip, wasn't it? No way. Everybody's going to be failed if no one does come through. Okay, so uh, one thing we know is that right before she resigned, Sally Yates informed the Trump White House that she believed that Flynn misled the administration and warned that Flynn might be vulnerable to Russian blackmail. In his press conference on Thursday, President Trump hinted that Yates could have been partially responsible for the leaks. Let's listen to him answer Fox's John Roberts, and then I'll explain. What will you do on the leaks you have said twice today? Yes, we're You're looking at aggressively pursue. Very, very serious. I've gone to all of the uh, folks in charge of the various agencies, and we're, I've actually uh, called the Justice Department to look into the leaks. Those are criminal leaks. They're put out by people either in agencies. I think you'll see it stopping because now we have our people in. You know, again, we don't have our people in because we can't get them approved by the Senate. We just had... Jeff Sessions approved. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been the president for four weeks now. There's not a lot there, and the Democrats are talking to about impeaching him. He's been there for four weeks. Well, yeah, and, and and not only that, but I mean, obviously Flynn's conversation was recorded without his knowledge, right? I mean, he was wiretapped, basically, right? Correct. That's, which that's which the whole I point. think is probably normal. Okay, well, but that but the problem is that anybody's phones can be wiretapped, and if you have you know these leftover Obama people that are in that administration, they're do they're there for one reason and one reason only, Ed, and that is to disrupt everything that Trump is trying to do. The one thing that I did learn going back to the inauguration and actually staying with somebody who works for the Pentagon is that you know even Trump's talk about how this has been a smooth transition. This. No, it hasn't. Everybody that's there, they're doing everything they can to obstruct Trump every single step of the way. So if there's any chaos going on, it's because of this. And the uh, and the whole chaos is, you know, the whole the whole disruption. He didn't do anything illegal. No. And we'll have a clip on that in a second. But he didn't do anything illegal. He was asked to resign because he lied. And this is, hey, Trump. Trump says, hey, if you lie and make us look stupid, I'm going to fire your butt. So. Right. It, is it, what it is. It's not, it wasn't the crime of actually talking to the guy. It was the crime of lying about talking to the guy. So next time, if you talk to the guy, just tell him. So during, during the press conference on Friday, Trump emphasized that it wasn't Flynn's conversation with the ambassador, as I just said, that was wrong. It was the fact he lied to, to uh, Vice President Pence. When I first heard about it, I said, huh, that doesn't sound wrong. My counsel came, uh, Don McGahn, White House counsel, and he told me, and I asked him, and he can speak very well for himself. He said he doesn't think anything is wrong. He don't, really didn't think. It was really what happened after that. What exactly did he say? Huh. 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 How do you spell that? H-U-N-H. Okay, he repeated this point again when pressed by the reporter who asked, asked him why Flynn was fired. Mike Flynn to discuss sanctions with the Russian ambassador. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Inauguration. No, I didn't. Mike, excuse me. No, I fired him because of what he said to Mike Pence. Very simple. Very, very simple. He didn't do anything illegal, except for he made he made the, the administration look bad by throwing him out there. Hey, you know what? I could use a I could use a Doctor Evil clip right about here. Hey, I need the I need the info. I need the info. Everybody, can you can you uh, give me a freaking break? Well, the point is there's a lot of house cleaning that Trump's going to need to do to get these people the heck out of there mm-hmm. to find out who, in fact, was responsible for these leaks. Because this this was nothing compared to what could be leaked out. If, if there's people whose conversations are being, uh, you know, taped illegally or, or legally, but then being illegally leaked, um, you know, we got we had a major problem, Ed. Yep. And I see uh, I heard just yesterday 
that uh, in its final days in office, Obama administration expanded the power of the National Security Agency to share globally intercepted personal communications with 16 other agencies. And that was uh, uh, a uh, executive order that Obama signed right at the end of his presidency, overriding something that Ronald Reagan put into place. So it, se- it seems to me that Barack Obama is purposely trying to to set up Trump to look bad. God, that just sounds like a conspiracy theory to me, Ed. Here it is, buddy, right here. Oh, right. yeah, there's the article. In okay. Writing. All right, fine. It's in writing, buddy. This is Washington Times, baby. Hey, anyway, we're out of time for part part one, so uh, do you have time to stick around for another part? Sure, why not? I just want to enjoy some more of that elevator music, Ed. I know, so uh, enjoy it for a couple seconds, and okay. then five minutes of uh, weather traffic and uh, commercials, and we'll be right back with part two of the main event. Don't go away. dancing we're dancing in the studio it's kind of a line dance not quite country it's not quite rock not quite disco but we're dancing i wish you had video so you could see scott he dances just like you would imagine i like generic computer music (laughs) it's it's not pretty folks I like to watch my wife dance. <laughs> Makes me happy to dance with my wife because my wife can dance. She got some moves on her. There you go. Hey, so anyway, welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you want to buy or refi, you need to call me because I'm the only one that can uh, can make it happen for you as fast and as cool as, uh, as I do. Call me toll free, 855-640-2020. If you want to uh, get a refi, if you want to buy... If you want to uh, buy an investment property, you want to get a reverse mortgage, or you just want, what's with that reverse mortgage thing? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <clears throat> Call me. It's a good thing. And I'll uh, hook you up. And of course, if you want a bike, call Scott at Don's Bikes. Absolutely. Thanks, Ed, for that Rialto plug. and Redlands. Absolutely. You know, you throw in so much money here, I have to, uh, have to give you a little advertising. Out Thank it. you. Okay. So, uh, and uh, don't forget to come to, uh, if you're a last minute addition to our fundraiser for uh, WCC Charities. Hey, you know what? Also, just so you know, WCC Charities on our website, I don't know if it's up yet. I printed out our 12 months bank statements. I'm uh, I'm posting our 12 months bank statements for the WCC Charities to show every damn penny that we collected last year went to charity. Every single one. Well, I left about 600 bucks in there. So I could, uh, I think we started with a hundred and I left 600 because I think I got to pay $800 a year to the state to have the uh, 501c3. But uh, all the money went out, lots of money out to the boot campaign, to uh, Gary Sinise Foundation, uh, uh, doing the doing the uh, remodeling, the VFW in Riverside. And uh, we bought a whole bunch of uh, foster kids some uh, some presents on uh, for Christmas. We were Santa Claus for a bunch of foster kids that wouldn't have Christmas without us. We do good things with the money, and we do it local, and we do it uh, national, and we do it to where you see what's going on with it. And if you want to know that you're giving you're giving to a cause that's really going to help some people that that need it and deserve it, wccharities.org. Come to our uh, our uh, fundraiser at the at the Victoria Club next weekend, Saturday night, 
WCC.org. We don't have uh, very many tickets left because we gave them our RSVP. I think we left uh, five or ten, five or ten open seats. So for people that were stragglers, you stragglers out there. Hey, so we were talking. We're talking about what's uh, what's uh, happening this week in uh, in the. Uh, are we talking about what the Trump happened in the Trump administration? We're we talking about. What they're saying is happening in the Trump. Well, we're ready to move on to this press conference, I believe. Let's part two let's there. do that. Let's yeah. do the uh, the okay. press conference. The press conference was awesome. It was incredible. But by the way, I don't know if it's just me, but I'd be willing to pay money to watch this on pay per view. I find this so entertaining, so much fun, and so unconventional from anything we've ever witnessed before. It just keeps getting better and better, Ed. You know, my uh, Trump was my number five pick when the when we had seventeen nominees. And uh, first being Rick Perry, then Scott Walker, then Ben Carson, then Carly Fiorina. At the time, I didn't really think that Trump was a serious candidate. And uh, when when it got down to where, hey, Trump is really going for it, I got behind him because I can respect as a businessman. I see, you know, you just don't get that kind of success without having a certain amount of intelligence. And you just can't know everything to run a big company like that. And but you and you surround yourself with the right people. I don't think any of my top five or any of the bottom eight would have been able to deal with what Trump's dealing with. He's just letting letting the the criticism roll off his back like water on a duck. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't care. Um, and I will say this. The frustrating thing to me is to hear other hosts on this station. Oops, we won't name any names. But just basically say that they think that it's inappropriate to f- have pick fights with the press like this. I say that's absolute garbage. For one thing, they're not the press, Ed. They're not the press. They're not real media. They're a bunch of leftist plants basically there to destroy Trump and discredit. That That's that's their purpose in life. So the only useful purpose they have for, for our side is basically just to kind of get the word out to the American people. But the idea we're just supposed to what? Just sit and take it? Not anymore. And what and what I don't understand is after Obama, after Obama disrespected uh, Benjamin Netanyahu so consistently throughout his eight years, and the Democrats just are not friendly to the Jewish people. How the Jewish people, not just on this station, but including my sister, um, just reject Trump and make excuses for Obama continuously. And uh, I don't want to mention that people on this station that you were mentioning, somebody that used to be on this station that is Jewish, and somebody that talks in the afternoon that's Jewish. I just don't... <laughs> I don't know if you guys have, have found the found the uh, the consistency of that, but... And I, don't, and I don't feel like I'm discriminating or insulting because I come from a Jewish family, although I converted about 30 years ago when I realized that, you know, these Christian people seem to have a... A brighter, a brighter sunshine around their house, as uh, as our house and my family's houses all seem to have a a cloud that stayed over there. And you know, they open a McDonald's in Israel, and it's the number one seller of never happy meals in the world. And uh, you know, I just <laughs> that's my that's my uh, that's my uh, nice my normal Jewish joke that I tell. <laughs> and I grew up in it. I can tell you, I can tell you, it's real. Don used to say, so how come your mom says that's a Jewish thing? No, no, no way. I know Jewish people, and they're not like that. Nah, it's a Jewish thing. And then she meet my sisters, and she meet my aunts and my uncles, and my. And then after a while, she'd start to meet all my whole family. She go, "You're right. It is a Jewish thing, isn't it?" Yep. Okay, but we need to we need to convert some of you Jewish people out there to seeing seeing clearly. Just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you have to be Democrat. 
And just because you're registered Democrat doesn't mean you can't see the truth. Yeah, to me, it never made any sense why you could be Jewish and be supportive of the Democrat Party and the Democrat agenda, which is obviously anti, anti-Israel, anti for sure, any more than it makes sense to be a Christian and vote for a Democrat. But we'll we'll convert, we'll convert them all over uh, one at a time, Ed. Yeah, one at a time, we're yep. doing it. Yep. It's, been, it's been nine years. We're making a dent in it. Yep. Apparently not so. We got a ways to go in California. So, uh, you know, although he covered a range of topics... And what, what's making all the headlines is the way he scolded the media. Let's hear some highlights, starting with Trump smacking down the journalists for being dishonest in their coverage of his presidency. I just see many, many untruthful things. And I'll tell you what else I see. I see tone, you know, the word tone. The tone is such hatred. I'm really not a bad person, by the way. No, but the tone is such... I do get good ratings, you have to admit that. The tone is such hatred. And he also questioned how the how the press got information on Michael Flynn's phone call. You were, did I interrupt you, Scott? No, no. I, the only thing I was thinking is I find it hilarious that CNN is being forced to report on the fact that CNN stinks. Don't you think that's kind of funny? I do because he's calling them out by name, talking about how bad their ratings are. I, I just find this so funny. I do. I I do as well. And I think I played it last week or the week before. We're actually uh, uh, Dana Bash and. Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer. I, I keep losing that guy's name. In my, all right. We walked by him in, in uh, Washington, D.C. while we were back there. And uh, now I can't never remember him. I just remember uh, he wanted to have his picture taken with us so bad, and we, we blew <laughs> we him off. We him. I know. Wolf Blitzer, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Okay, bye. <laughs> you don't want to have your picture taken with me? No. Why? Because you're Wolf Blitzer. Exactly. So... Um, so again, he, uh, he questioned how the press got information on Michael Flynn's phone call with the Russian ambassador. How does the press get this information that's classified? How do they do it? You know why? Because it's an illegal process and the press should be ashamed of themselves. But more importantly, the people that gave out the information to the press should be ashamed of themselves. I agree. And they should, uh, they should do a, a flush on the White House toilet. Well, hopefully that will happen soon, Ed. Yes, exactly. He also cited Russia as one topic the media refuses to cover honestly. The Daily New York Times wrote a big, long front page story yesterday. And it was very much discredited, as you know. It was, it's a joke. And the people mentioned the story. I noticed they were on television today saying they never even spoke to Russia. So the three people that they talked about all totally deny it. And I can tell you, speaking for myself, I own nothing in Russia. I have no loans in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Uh, President Putin called me up very nicely to congratulate me on the win of the election. He then called me up extremely nicely to congratulate me on the inauguration, which was terrific. But so did many other leaders, almost all other leaders from almost all other countries. So that's the extent. Russia is fake news. Russia, this is fake news put out by the media. The whole Russian thing, that's a ruse. That's a ruse. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. He, they're, so, they're so focused on Russia because they think Russia ca- ca- caused the, uh, the Hillary, Hillary to lose. But they couldn't have got any of these emails had Hillary Clinton used the, the State Department server and where that was secure. And even... Uh, uh, Julian Assange, who who owns WikiLeaks, said they didn't get any of these leaks from from Russia or any or any foreign foreign uh, governments. 
They got they hacked they hacked her emails and hers and everybody who emailed with her. Well, you're exactly right. First of all, Julian Assange himself said that it wasn't the Russians, and I probably believe him because he he still, while he may do some unscrupulous things, he still values his credibility of WikiLeaks. Um, as far as the the DNC stuff, what do we learn from that? Nothing all that earth shattering, other than maybe Hillary Clinton was fed some answers and uh, to some questions in advance. But but lastly, the idea that. Hillary, look, Hillary Clinton would have lost anyways, had there been no WikiLeaks. I mean, because it wasn't about the WikiLeaks. It was about the economy. It was about immigration. It was about national security. So she was just an awful candidate. That's why they lost. It wasn't because of the Russians, folks. I think uh, I think the American public realized that there's a force that seems to run this country. And Trump was the only one that could do it without somebody else running it. No, for sure. I this mean, is you, oh, you think sorry. you think about when she almost passed out and they picked her up and put her in the put her in the van. You know, can you can you see? Hey, quick! This is the Manchurian candidate. Quick, get her out of the way. Let's let's go reprogram her. <laughs> this we is have what, to we have to control alt delete on Hillary's brain. This was actually one of my favorite clips about the uh, the plastic button. I thought this was pretty hilarious. We had Hillary Clinton try and do a reset. We had Hillary Clinton give Russia twenty percent of the uranium in our country. You know what uranium is, right? It's a thing called nuclear weapons and other things, like lots of things are done with uranium, including some bad things. Nobody talks about that. I didn't do anything for Russia. I've done nothing for Russia. Hillary Clinton gave them 20% of our uranium. Hillary Clinton did a reset, remember, with the stupid plastic button that made us all look like a bunch of jerks? Here, take a look. He looked at her like... What the hell is she doing with that cheap plastic button? <laughs> I just think yeah. that's so funny. As do I. Do you think, do you, but do you remember the, the, the uranium thing? And I, and I got some information on this and I forgot to, uh, I forgot to uh, bring it into the studio with us, but it had something to do with one of the guys involved in the Middle East um, having, making a big donation to the Clinton Foundation to get Hillary Clinton as the State Department to uh, approve them getting control of our uranium up in North Dakota, or it was somewhere up in the northern northern United States. Yeah, but this was very underreported. There's one question I want to throw at you that I think is relevant to all this, and I don't think I've ever heard this question asked. If you were Vladimir Putin, who would you have wanted to win the election? Would you prefer to have Donald Trump, an, an aggressive alpha male, kind of like yourself, or would you prefer a moron like Hillary Clinton? What the hell are you trying to say? Well, you call me an alpha male? <laughs> the point is, you know, I, I mean, what do you, what do you what would you prefer to have on the other side? You prefer to have an idiot and and maybe push some more stupid plastic buttons, and then I'd go invade Poland, and you know what would happen? Nothing. So the the idea that Russia would would have preferred to have <laughs> Donald Trump as a president doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, do you agree? Exactly. I totally agree. All right, totally agree. I like to. I like to go negotiate with some wimp that doesn't know what they're talking about. Exactly. Hey, you know what? Share whatever you say, Hillary. By the way, just sign here. Exactly. And she'll and be that, like, oh, okay, what difference does it make? Remember when uh, Hillary did that thing? She goes, we were at some global thing, and me and me and President Obama were running around trying to find it, and we ran around, and we burst into the room and said, hey, we've been looking all over for you. We have to talk. Something about global warming. Or you know, something. I deleted all those memories from my uh, my my database in my head, Ed. Sorry. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a a um, moment of great 
idiocy. Mm, okay. Like, wow, she's acting tough. Wait, <laughs> we've been looking all over for you. We need to talk. And then we got a good deal with China that they're going to keep polluting and we're not. Oh, see, I told you we have to have an agreement with China. They're going to keep polluting until 2030 as much as they want. And we're going to we're going to strap our economy by making sure our companies don't pollute. Nice. It's amazing. So speaking of the media, here's the here's the reaction to the press conference from uh, all the media outlets. It was unhinged. It was wild. Bluster, bravado, exaggeration and a few loose facts. Bizarre, contentious. If we're looking in, we're getting an insight into the mind of our president that he is just obsessed with coverage. It was like a guy, almost like on a couch, explaining his problems to a shrink. It was sprawling, it was all over the place, it was a roadmap of his mind. It is a very disturbing roadmap in many regards. You have presidents take office. Many of them are empowered and get bigger. I, you think you have a president in that press conference that looked smaller. Yeah, right. Uh, they found it disturbing, Ed, because they're not used to somebody fighting back, are they? I know, and he's. I I just think <laughs> we just have a we have strength in the White House. I like it, and I realize that half the country <clears throat> thinks thinks exactly the opposite of us, and I don't understand how they could be so stupid. But you know what? <clears throat> you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and everybody's entitled to mine. So. Uh, the media can say what they want, but Trump's 100% right when he said this and exactly the same thing Barack Obama said when he first took office. I inherited a mess. It's a mess. <clears throat> At home and abroad, a mess. Jobs are pouring out of the country. You see what's going on with all of the companies leaving our country, going to Mexico and other places. Low pay, low wages, mass instability overseas no matter where you look the middle east a disaster north korea we'll take care of it folks we're going to take care of it all i just want to let you know i inherited a mess you know when you think about north korea's firing off ballistic missiles iran's fired off some ballistic missiles they're testing they're testing missiles russia has a has a uh some kind of a a ship off like 13 miles from our coast in right. Virginia. Well, they're they're testing us is what they're doing. They're testing Trump to be specific. Do you I mean that that kind of bothers me that they're doing that, but I feel confident Trump will do what he's got to do. And I don't think it's going to take much much movement to get them to say, "Okay, okay, okay. We were just testing you. We're fine. We're getting back." Yep, it's kind of like a little kid, you know, this acting up until they get their hands slapped and they're going to know not to do that anymore. And and you can say, "Well, you know, how do you know Trump's going to do it? He doesn't have any any uh, foreign policy experience? He doesn't. He's got Mag Dog Mattis running the Defense Department. It's good enough for me, Ed. You know what? And everybody <laughs> says, everybody, all the retired Marines say they would re-enlist to follow him into battle. Nice. I love that. So uh, if you if you didn't if you didn't hear Joey Jones talk about it last week, tune in next week. And uh, and Trump ended his speech with this: We had a totally divided country for eight years, and long before that. In all fairness to President Obama. Long before President Obama, we have had a very divided. I didn't come along and divide this country. This country was seriously divided before I got here. We're going to work on it very hard. One of the questions that was asked, I thought it was a very good question, was about the inner cities. I mean, that's part of it. Uh, but we're going to work on education. We're going to work on lack. You know, we're going to stop. We're going to try and stop the crime. We have great law enforcement officials. We're going to try and stop crime. We're not going to try and stop. We're going to stop crime. But it's very important to me. But this isn't Donald Trump that divided a nation. 
We went eight years with President Obama, and we went many years before President Obama. We lived in a divided nation. And I am going to try. I will do everything within my power to fix that. You know, the difference is between what he said and what Obama said is that Obama kept saying it for eight years. I have a I have a pretty good feel after four weeks that eight years from now, he's not going to still be saying, hey, it was like this before I got here. I didn't do it. Well, the point is that it's to the Democrats' advantage to keep us as a country divided. I almost think of the country in terms of thirds. Like there's a third of us that are like you and me. We're hardcore right-wingers. We're never going to vote for a Democrat, even if they put a gun to our head. Then you've got a third that are on the left, you know, the Bill Mars, the hardcore, all those pink hats we ran into in D.C. That That's the third of the country there. Then there's the third that can kind of go either way. Well, guess what? That third has kind of moved in our direction, as we saw by the election results. And I think that's going to continue to happen. I think so, too. And uh, I think uh, I think being petty, the Elijah, what's his name? Elijah Wallace, Elijah Cummings, Cummings, Elijah yes. Cummings, <clears throat> the guy from Baltimore. Yep. You know, all this stuff they're saying that, oh, we're going to impeach Obama and the Maxine Waters and all this stuff. You know what? We're tired of your race, your race stuff. You know, if, if all else fails, pull the race card. You know what? We're tired of this stuff. The problem is the I, race card has been played only. so many times that it no longer has any meaning. Exactly. So. So let's talk about something happened that earlier this week from uh, February 8th through 13th. A series of Immigration and Customs Enforcements, ICE, uh, raids around the country resulted in 680 arrests. According to both ICE and the Department of Homeland Security, about 75 of those, 75% of those arrested were convicted criminals. These raids took place in Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Southern California, North Carolina, South Carolina, and some additional arrests in uh, areas like Phoenix and Seattle. Of the 680 arrests, 160 were in the L.A. area, L.A., Los Angeles. Um, and while we let, and while while the left would love for us to think that all those people were innocent migrants from Mexico just coming here for a better life, let's dispel that myth. Here's what our local channel, local ABC Channel Seven, report about some of the people detained here in Southern California. One was a member of Salvadorian gang MS-113, wanted in his home country for aggravated extortion. One was wanted in his homeland of Brazil for cocaine trafficking. One was an Australian who was previously convicted of lewd and lascivious acts with a child. What's that mean, Scott? Uh, nothing good, Ed. Okay. It's nothing you want your kids around. No. So uh, here's what the left-leaning media outlets want to focus on. The one person in Seattle that was mistakenly arrested, despite being cleared to, to live in the United States under President Obama's DREAM Act, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA, apparently 23-year-old Daniel Ramirez Medina, was taken into custody by mistake when ICE officials were coming to arrest his father. You know what? They get to be, uh, they get to be 23 years old and they look like adults. Oh yeah, they are adults. Um, not mentally, but chronologically because of this trump was asked about daca in his week's press conference here's what he said to me it's one of the most difficult subjects i have because you have these incredible kids in many cases not in all cases in some of the cases they're having daca and they're gang members and they're drug dealers too but you have some absolutely incredible kids i would say mostly they were brought here in such a way. It's a very, it's a very, very tough subject. We are going to deal with DACA with heart. Yeah, and I'm sure the press is going to focus on the fact he said some are drug dealers. Uh, but when almost 700 people are arrested, there's no, there's, there's a good chance that some of them will be mothers. And one Guadalupe Garcia de Reos is being made into a folk hero 
by uh, advocates of illegal immigration. News that Maricopa County's 35-year-old Guadalupe Garcia de Reos was deported back to Mexico Thursday after more than two decades in the United States spread through the undocumented community in Phoenix. A mother of two teenagers, Garcia de Reos, came to the U.S. when she was 14. But if you listen to the story of how this woman has dodged American immigration laws for almost 20 years, her story isn't all that sympathetic. Listen to her history of trying to fool our government so she could stay here. She says it was Sheriff Joe Arpaio who led a 2008 raid by local authorities at her workplace, originally meant to enforce a new controversial state law aimed at punishing employers who hired the undocumented. The next year, as a result, she was convicted of a class six felony criminal impersonation for intentionally having a fake social security number. I mean, people still would, would do it today, make up a number. Garcia de Reos appealed a voluntary deportation order, but in 2013 lost the battle. A final removal order was entered and acknowledged by the now convicted felon. And of course, uh, this is this is a victimless crime. They aren't they aren't uh, they aren't uh, the violent violent criminals. Well, I like when they throw out terms like undocumented community. I don't know what that means, Ed. I call them illegal aliens. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it means uh, Riverside's supposed to be. They're trying to make it into a uh, sanctuary city. Well, that's like true of every city in Southern California I think, and, right now. And be and be aware, those of you guys that are living in cities that they want to make sanctuary cities. You want to see the 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 value of your house go down? Make it a sanctuary city and watch the value of all of California go down. We we can all uh we can all just give away all our, all our equity. Uh but you know what? Uh stealing someone's uh social security number is not a victimless crime, is it? There's another person on the other end that actually has that social security number. That's true. It, it's something that's got to stop. And if it's happening in your community, you need to go to these city council meetings and put a stop to it, just like I did in Rialto. Yep. Stop uh, Stop this stuff. Stand up and, and uh, stand up for your rights. Stand up for this is our country. And uh, if someone wants to come to this country, they can legally. Hey, we're all out of time for uh, this episode of the main event. If you want to come to our fundraiser, WCCCharities.org. And we'll see you next week. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.